It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Peacock back with you on this Monday. It is draft week. The NFL draft kicking off Thursday evening, just a few short days away. Apologize for only three podcasts last week here, and I was swamped with work. All the editing, getting all of the work done for the Locked On NFL Mock Draft special that I hope you listened to, that I hope you enjoyed, and I was so swamped with that and everything else uh, that I have to do here. I was not able to get the Thursday show ready for you guys here on Locked On 49ers, but you know we've been doing about four shows a week, but it's going to be five shows this week. It's going to be five shows next week because it's draft time, and hopefully that makes up for it, but today's show... If you missed that uh, mock draft, I'm going to play an excerpt from last Monday's episode, my selection for the 49ers at pick 13 in the Locked On NFL mock draft. You'll have to go back and listen if you want to hear about what I did at pick 31 acting as the 49ers GM. And if you don't know about it, it was a really fun event. We did it last year. It was even bigger and better this year all week long. I picked for the 49ers. All of the hosts on the Locked On Network picked for the team's they covered. We had the college hosts doing profiles. It was a really cool event. Uh, fun bringing all the talent on the network together. You got to listen to the whole thing. It was all week long last week. We went all the way through the first round and into the second round, too, to make sure we covered every team. So you can hear what I did at pick 13 for the 49ers in that mock at the end of today's show. There is some news to get to first here involving the 49ers and some trade rumors. So we've got to start there. Uh, I'll also have some audio from Daniel Jeremiah. He did a conference call with with reporters, and uh, I didn't ask any questions. But luckily, someone who was on the call did ask some 49ers-related stuff, and uh, he talks wide receivers and what the 49ers could do there. So I do want to get that to you guys as well. But first, 49ers news and some possible trade targets and maybe some folks getting traded away from the 49ers. A lot of speculation about potentially Matt Breida, who did sign his tender, his restricted free agent tender last week. Maybe he found a team that he wants to go to. Maybe there's a team that wants to negotiate a trade with the 49ers. Maybe it'll be a team that after the first three rounds or so, after day two, they didn't get their running back, and they think, you know what, there's a starting caliber running back the 49ers have that would look really nice. In our uniform, we could just sign him, give the 49ers a fourth-round pick or something like that, a day three pick. And I think it was ESPN had a report that Matt Breida would like a fresh start maybe somewhere, which makes some sense. He wasn't even involved in the Super Bowl after being the best running back on the team for a big part of the last couple of years. Maybe the 49ers could move Matt Breida on draft day to add an extra selection. But another player, this was reported by uh, the Dallas Cowboys Sports Illustrated site, that the Cowboys are interested in a few wide receivers or a player like, and the names listed were Christian Kirk and Marquise Goodwin. And it's the first time we've really had 
any reports of interest, a team that could be interested in Marquise Goodwin. I thought the 49ers might have a really tough time trading Marquise Goodwin. So if they can get any for him, anything for him in trade, I think it's a huge win for the 49ers. And it, it probably won't be much, maybe a sixth-round pick or, or something like that. But the Dallas Cowboys seems like it could be a good fit. He would add some speed. He's you know a Texas dude, went to the University of Texas. Um, yeah, I, I like that fit. So potentially add a, a late-round pick if the 49ers were to move Marquise Goodwin before the draft. So that's some of the news and rumors that's out there. There's been some connections to tight ends as well. And the Chicago Bears have released tight end Trey Burton. And the 49ers, when he signed with the Bears, were interested in Trey Burton. So that would be a really nice fit based on the style of tight end they've looked for. You know, a pass-catching, undersized tight end that could move all around. Trey Burton would be a nice fit for the 49ers. They wouldn't have to give anything up in trade. He would take a backup salary. So... I. I think that's the best fit so far that we've seen this offseason, and potentially the 49ers could look there. They might wait till after the draft. They could spend one of their five current picks. Maybe they add some more picks with those trades and, and draft a tight end to be a backup and compete with Ross Dwelly with the 49ers, so maybe they wouldn't need to sign a player or trade for a player if they end up drafting a guy. So maybe some of that type of stuff would happen after the draft. But uh, two bigger names that have been linked to the 49ers that I want to talk about, and I want to mention them because they make a lot less sense to me. And one of them is Evan Ingram, and the other is O.J. Howard. And I haven't seen any solid reports that the 49ers would be interested in either. There was a report about that the 49ers have reached out about Ingram. I don't know when that was. You know, it wasn't like, I'm waiting for the Schefters of the world or the local Niners beat writers to report something like that to really have a believable report rather than just speculation. Because it doesn't make a lot of sense. The 49ers don't have a lot of draft picks to give up to add someone who would be somewhat costly, like O.J. Howard and Evan Ingram. And they're not going to give up one of their two first-round picks for a player like that to be a backup tight end. And then if you lock yourself into a, a, another high-end tight end, now you have to run you know, two tights all the time. Kyle Juszczyk makes twice as much as any fullback in the league. Are you not going to run him out there all the time? You're going to go one running back and two tight ends. Are you going to go jumbo all the time with a fullback and two tight ends and only one wide receiver? Maybe just put Debo out there and not worry about the other question marks at wide receiver. And those, those are first round tight ends that are already pretty expensive and then have contracts coming up that are expiring as well. So, the O.J. Howard and Evan Ingram, while they're great players and would be fantastic additions because they're talented football players, it doesn't make sense from a team-building standpoint. They don't have the picks to use to trade them, to trade for them. They don't have the salary to pay those guys really that much money now or when they become free agents. So I have a hard time believing those two players and those rumors because it really just doesn't fit on any level for the 49ers. As fun as it would be to have either O.J. Howard or or Evan Ingram on the 49ers. And one quick draft note, if you listened to the show last week, you heard a big list and growing list of prospects the Niners have met with, and you can add one more name at defensive tackle to that list. Alabama, massive 6'6", 310-pound defensive tackle Raekwon Davis said that uh, he's had the most contact with the 49ers, Packers, Dolphins, Ravens, and Eagles, and that they've had a meeting, and 
report I saw said that he was a first-round projection. I haven't seen Raekwon Davis being a first-round projection, and I'd be surprised if he went as high as number 31. But if there was a trade down and the 49ers added a day-two pick, you know, late round two, maybe round three, Raekwon Davis would start to make a lot more sense because he's a big dude. Uh, his comparison, his pro comparison by... Uh, Lance Zerline at NFL.com is DeForest Buckner because he's got that kind of size and length and he's a really big defensive tackle. Doesn't have as much juice as a pass rusher, so that's why he's not going to go as high, I don't think, even though he was a big-time recruit at Alabama and he's a really good run stopper. Not as much there as a pass rusher, but would be a nice player and a good fit. You know, probably round three is about as early as I'd want to go on Raekwon Davis, even though he flashed a lot early in his Alabama career. Looks a little bit more of an early down run stuffer that could push the pocket a little bit, give you a little bit of something as a pass rusher, but would probably be someone who rotates out quite often on third downs. Let's hear from NFL Network draft analyst Daniel Jeremiah next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network held a long conference call with reporters. And I wanted to relay some of this stuff that he said because he's a smart guy and he's plugged in. And I liked a lot of his answers he gave, especially when it came to wide receivers and when it came to what the 49ers might be looking to do in the first round. And the first question that he tackled was specifically why it's so difficult to scout wide receivers and why the hit rate isn't as high as it should be for some of the top picks. Well, I, I look, at, last year was a good year in terms of a bunch of rookies coming in and having a lot of success. But if you look over the last several years, um, that second, third round receiver group has arguably been better than the first round group. Um, the challenge in scouting the position is that it's almost like two different games uh, for the college and the NFL in terms of what routes you're asked to run, which are very limited at the college level. If you, you watch a college game on a Saturday, you're going to see a bunch of slants, you know, hitches and, and goes. Like, that's it's very limited in terms of what they ask them to do, uh, very limited in terms of them having to read coverage and, and sight adjust um, their routes. They don't see very much press coverage, so they don't have to get off press. So now we bring them to the NFL, you're asking them to get off press coverage, you're asking them to think on the move, uh, and you're asking them to run a lot of routes they've never run before. So it's a, it, there's a lot of adjustment there. But I think I give the NFL credit. I think the last couple years we're seeing the NFL be a little smarter with the transition period for these guys and figuring out ways they can get them on fly sweeps or bubble screens and just get the ball in their hands and let them make plays um, simplifying it a little bit while they're young uh, before they can grow and evolve into everything you want them to do. So I think we're seeing, I thought last year was a great, uh, was a great example of, of the blueprint to get these guys on the field earlier and, and uh, improve that track record of the position. And yeah, that's exactly what the 49ers did. And Kyle Shanahan did bringing Debo Samuel along as a rookie and handed the ball to him, jet motion, jet sweeps, short stuff, let him catch and run. And 
really paid off in the second half of the year. You could really see the light come on for Debo Samuel, and I don't know how much of that was helped along by having the veteran like Emmanuel Sanders join the team. But, you know, it's uh, it takes a bit for a rookie wide receiver. It's not easy to jump in the NFL, learn a new playbook, and roll at that position. And so I, that's why I think a lot of people expect Debo Samuel to be even better next year. But the 49ers did exactly what DJ laid out there in how they brought him along slowly to start. And the other thing he mentions there really makes you think about the 49ers. And if they don't go wide receiver at 13, and they can trade down from 31, get some picks into that second, third round range where uh, at the wide receiver position in recent drafts, it's been a pretty darn good hit rate there in, in round two and round three. And a lot of times just as high of a hit rate as the first round wide receivers. And in some drafts, it's better in the second round than it was in the first round. That's not to say you need to avoid first round wide receivers, but there's something to it. And in an ideal world, you could wait on wide receiver. I don't know if the 49ers will have that luxury or feel like they could get a player as good, especially not knowing if they're going to be able to acquire a second or third round pick. Because you have to think about that. When you're on the clock at 13, you don't know if you're going to be picking in the second or third round. And you don't know who's going to be there even at 31 if you wanted to wait. Maybe the one of the guys you really like isn't even there at 31 for you. Uh, if you wanted to go that route. So it makes the decision a little bit more difficult for the 49ers on draft day. If one of those wide receivers is there at 13, I just I feel like they're really going to go in that direction. If the 49ers did go in that direction, which receiver could it be? Which receiver should it be for the Niners at 13? It's a 31 flavors receiver group this year. You know, I can you can like a lot of them. Uh, it's just different flavors. It's what you're looking for. Um, I have... C.D. Lamb is my top guy because of everything he can do. He can line up outside. He can win versus press coverage with his physicality. He's unbelievable after the catch. He's the best after the catch of the receivers in this draft, in my opinion. He can break tackles. He can make you miss. He's ultra competitive. Um, I think a lot of people have hit him on the fact that he played in the, in the Big 12, and that's glorified seven-on-seven. But when you watch him in the games they've played and they've stepped up in competition against Alabama, he had eight for a buck oh nine and a touchdown. And then last year you saw him against LSU in that game. He had four for 119 in that game. So I don't buy into the fact that he's a product of the Big 12. Um, but he's, he's also somebody that can make plays above the rim. He can go up and get the ball down in the red zone. Um, the word that I just keep coming back to him over and over again is just competitive, competitive, competitive. Uh, and that's why I have him as, a, as the top receiver. Jerry Judy, next for me, is the best route runner in the draft, and that's obviously very important. He does a lot of his work in the slot. I think that's where he's best suited at the next level, although he can play outside. But uh, he wins right now off the line of scrimmage, and he is unbelievable at the top of his route to get in and out of the break point. He does have some drops. I think those are more concentration drops than uh, than really worrying about his hands. But uh, that's an area he needs to clean up. And he can make you miss. He can make you miss after the catch. He's obviously got good burst, uh, but not quite as physical uh, after the catch and not quite as physical at the catch point in terms of going up in traffic and making plays. I give uh, CeeDee Lamb a little bit of the edge there. And then we get to, uh, to Henry Ruggs. You know, everybody knows about the speed. But I think what people lose sight of is this kid has got natural hands. He's outstanding hands. He only dropped one ball this year. He attacks it. He trusts his hands. Um, you think back to some of the speed receivers we've seen go in the first round that maybe people thought didn't live up to the billing. Um, you think about Darius Hayward Bay. 
you know, he couldn't catch in college. You look at uh, Bashad Perriman, um, his hands were questionable. Ted Ginn, very inconsistent hands. This kid has that type of speed, but he catches everything, and he's extremely tough. He's just not as polished of a route runner as the other two right now, um, and that's something I think he can he can get better at, but it's a little bit of that is the curse of speed because when you're moving that fast, it is hard to get in and out of breaks uh, to gear down. So that's always going to be a little bit of an issue. But Tyreek Hill has been the comparison for him, and that's the blueprint for how you use him. And I know a lot of teams are are looking for this type of player. And then specifically the fit with Henry Ruggs, if he was the guy there for the 49ers at 13. Well, for me, he's the he's the dreamy fit. <laughs> I, I want to see it. Um, just as a football fan, I want to see what Kyle Shanahan could do with, with Ruggs, with, uh, with his speed, with his, with his toughness, with the ball in his hands. I just envision, you know, the stretch bootleg um, that they like to run there and having Ruggs running those deep over routes and watching, you know, people try and run with that dude. No chance. Um, and I think Kyle Shanahan got a front row seat to see what the speed look like uh, in the Super Bowl with Tyree Kill on the biggest play of the season that, that cost them a, a Super Bowl ring, and that speed was, was the difference. So um, I think they'll know what that value is, and, and I would love to see what he could do with him creatively. Um, man, it would, be, it would be a lot of fun. But don't get me wrong, those other, other top three receivers, um, and I would throw Justin Jefferson even in there, although 13 might be a, a little bit early. But uh, any of those, uh, any of the top four receivers in a Kyle Shanahan offense are going to be extremely productive. They're great players. And it's an interesting concept that Kyle Shanahan, the last game the 49ers played, multiple reasons you watch that game and think, man, if the 49ers had someone like Ruggs, had a little bit more speed. It wasn't just Tyreek Hill either. It was the big play from Sammy Watkins. There was the 49ers wide receiver, was overthrown by Jimmy Garoppolo. If you got 4-2-7 out there, he's not getting overthrown on that play. So multiple reasons to think, and look, this is knee-jerk, but Kyle Shanahan, if that game really weighed on him, if he looks at that game and thinks, man, we need this in our offense, and I want to have some fun. And rugs would be a lot of fun. And then DJ talks about the needs for the 49ers, how he would rank those going into the draft. Yeah, I would I would look at it. To me, it's you know I just wrote down wide receiver first, corner, um, and I would put tackle would probably be the the order that I would go there. Um, you know, Joe Staley. Hopefully, they'll have more information than we will on that to know what his plans are and um, how much longer he wants to do this. He's still playing at a very high level, um, but you'd like to know you know what the game plan there there is going forward. So. That, that could determine whether or not that need goes up if, uh, if he said that that was going to be it. So um, those would be the, the positions I would try and focus on. And really, I think when you look at the corner position, uh, just getting some more speed, you know, getting some more speed, getting younger, getting more athletic there uh, would, would be an area I'm sure they will address at some point in time. And I, I think I mentioned it earlier. I, if, they, if they pick at both of these spots, if they pick at 13 and 31, I will be shocked. Uh, I fully expect them to trade back with one of those picks and try and recover some of those mid-round picks they don't possess. Those are Daniel Jeremiah's thoughts on the NFL draft, the wide receivers, and the 49ers in round one. What did I do for the 49ers in round one in the Locked On NFL Mock Draft special? Got an excerpt from that show coming up, and if you want to go find out what the 49ers did at 31, 
you'll have to listen to Thursday's episode from last week. Uh, but the whole thing is worth hearing. It's a really awesome event on Locked On NFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am on the clock here. Pick 13. It's the last selection in today's episode of the Locked On NFL Mock Draft. Any words of advice before I turn in my card, Matt? No, you and I have talked about this one for months now, and I have a feeling the Niner blood in you is pretty excited with what you have to choose from. Right, and I got some trade offers, and there there have been teams. There's a lot of talk with trades behind the scenes here in this mock draft. I do want to reveal that fact, and uh, there have been multiple calls to me about the 49ers picks in round one, but I thought the Niners were in too good of a spot here standing pat, waiting for the draft board to fall to them. If it wasn't a wide receiver, it was going to be a very good player at another position, offensive tackle, defensive tackle, cornerback, all would be fine fits for the 49ers. Allow the draft to fall to you. Draft one of the 16 or so blue chip prospects that we've talked about in this draft. They're in a great place to do it at pick 13. And to me, and it sounds like to you, Matt, the best player at wide receiver in the draft is still on the board. Perfect fit for the 49ers with the 13th selection in the Locked On NFL Mock Draft. The San Francisco 49ers select Jerry Judy, wide receiver, Alabama. That's an easy one. The last two teams, I just said I would have taken Judy. I understand why the Jets and Raiders didn't, but he's the highest graded player on the board. Fits well, you know, gives you guys yet another weapon, matching him with Samuel and Kittle and, you know, that scheme. I bet this was not a very difficult decision for you. But I do have a quick question when you get a chance. Yeah, it, it was not difficult. And and what I'll say about the fit and why Judy even makes more sense for the 49ers. And, and I talked about how I could see Lamb being a fit for the Raiders, even though I, I like Judy better than Lamb by a little bit. And it, it's pretty close, I think, with these top three wide receivers. I like all three of them. If Henry Ruggs was the last wide receiver on the board for the 49ers, I would have no problem going there. I think all three in their own way fit what Kyle Shanahan likes to do on offense. But for Judy, he is absolutely a Shanahan type. Knowing Shanahan's tendencies for the last three years being head coach and then looking back when he was an offensive coordinator and having some say probably in draft rooms, the number one thing he wants is a separator and nobody separates like Jerry Judy. The explosion out of uh, his breaks off the line of scrimmage, the way he can get open in the first two seconds of a route. And we talked about CeeDee Lamb's ability after the catch. Jerry Judy is no slouch after the catch either, and he's got a little bit better top speed. So he can threaten a defense vertically. He can make plays after the catch with a graceful stride. Maybe I don't want to put this kind of voodoo on Jerry Judy, but reminiscent of another Jerry that used to play for the 49ers. You know, oh, wow. slender frame, the way... You can run after the catch with a graceful stride. Uh, just clinical precision as a route runner. Like, he is a craftsman when it comes to running routes and using his feet. It's just boom, boom, in and out of his breaks. He loses guys as a pure separator and his route running ability. So that's why Kyle Shanahan, I think, will have Jerry Judy as his top receiver in this class. So he's a Shanahan guy, but he's also different from... Debo Samuel, which I think is the other reason why he's a perfect fit for the 49ers. And you have 
you know, Jerry Judy, who can be on one side, Debo on the other. Both players can play outside and win outside. Both players can run after the catch. Both players could move around and so much motion in Kyle Shanahan's offense and run routes from the slot. So for that reason, he's different enough from Debo, but also is a perfect fit opposite him because their skills don't completely overlap. And he's absolutely a Shanahan guy. Jerry Judy, my selection there for the 49ers. And it was a pretty easy one. You're right. I bet. And here's my two quick questions for you. If the Niners would have been the first pick of today's podcast at seven. Would you still have gone Judy? I have a hunch you would have. And what if it would have came down to Ruggs versus Kinlaw? Which direction would you have went if those were your two options? The first day uh, or the first selection of today's mock draft, that means Isaiah Simmons is still on the board, Derek Brown, Jedrick Wills. I have all three of those players ranked very high. Yeah. If you're just looking at a blank roster, I would have Isaiah Simmons overall on my board higher than Jerry Judy. And there's arguments for both Wills and Derek Brown. It'd be very hard to not take Judy. I, I might go Isaiah Simmons just because he was the best player on the board. And, yeah. and you're going BPA there. And it's odd for a team that just was in the Super Bowl to be drafting this high. So even getting you know a guy that I think is a top 10 player in this class, Jerry Judy at 13, is really an amazing return for the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, they had to give up DeForest Buckner to have this pick. But um, yeah, that would have been a much d- more difficult decision if the Niners were at 7 rather than than 13. Uh, the other question there was between Ruggs and Kinlaw. Right. If, that, if it came down to those two, would you still have gone receiver? I think so. I think the 49ers have somewhat painted themselves into a corner with this selection in round one because they don't need depth necessarily at wide receiver. They don't need competition for the third, fourth guy uh, in the wide receiver room. They have a lot of question marks, and it could be a really good wide receiver room, but right now there's nobody you could pencil in with confidence to be a high-level starter next to Debo Samuel. So I think that's what they need to find most in this draft, both short-term and long-term. And Ruggs might not be as plug-and-play as Jerry Judy, but I think I would go Ruggs over the interior defensive linemen. Both are high-ceiling players. I'd go with the wide receiver because if you wait, and the 49ers right now don't have a selection between 31 and 156, if the right guy's not there at 31, now you're drafting a fifth-round wide receiver that might not really be much better than anything you have in-house at the position. So I would probably have still gone rugs for the 49ers uh, in round yeah. one. Go big or go home. Give me a starter right. that can really impact things. Let's go win it all. Right. And once Emmanuel Sanders left in free agency, it was like, okay, I think I can see where the direction is going for the 13th pick. Cause you need that starter. You need that one, a one B with Debo Samuel. And I think you'd be very satisfied with any of those three. Jerry Judy, wide receiver. University of Alabama. Judy is everything you think about when you hear that a wide receiver hails from the South Florida area. The former Bolitnikoff winner, which signifies college football's best pass catcher, has the size at six foot one, 195 pounds, the speed, and the ball awareness any general manager looks for. However, Judy's best trait is his ability to juke defenders right out of their cleats. Whether it's at the line of scrimmage or after he catches the ball, Judy can make even the best defensive back look foolish. Judy's route running is also widely considered to be the best of this year's receiver class. Judy finished his three-year career at Alabama with 42 touchdowns, 2,700 yards, and 159 catches. All of those are in the top 10 
of Alabama Record Books. You can find out more about Jerry Judy and all other Alabama players and everything going on in Tuscaloosa listening to me and Jimmy Stein on Locked On Bama. Obviously, I think that was an excellent selection by me. I wonder what Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino of the Draft Dudes and the DraftNetwork.com think about Judy to the 49ers and the rest of the selections here on day two of the Locked On NFL Mock Draft. Okay, Joe. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino here of the Draft Dudes, and we want to break down today's action. It did not disappoint, Joe, as we look at who came off the board, when they came off the board. Was there a surprise for you, somebody who stood out in a good way or a bad way for when their name was called in the midst here of this first third of this mock draft? I think all the picks that came off the board were logical. They fit needs with players that were worth the selection. I just kind of look at this landscape of teams, whether it's the Panthers or the 49ers, two teams that I think would love to trade back and stockpile some capital. Obviously, the Panthers in a rebuild, the 49ers that are kind of missing picks after the first round and and, and a lot of needs to fill depth that, you know, the order held true today and teams just kind of stayed where they were, made picks. Now, there were some good picks made here, and um, I just thought maybe there would be a chance to see some movement that didn't happen. Well, and we got our answer to whether or not the offensive tackles or wide receivers would be gone first. Uh, we saw all big of the big four offensive tackles off the board by the 11th pick, Mackay Becton going to the Jets. That, to me, was a bit of a surprise. The Jets are that swing team that you could have seen them go with wide receiver. They could have gone with offensive tackle. They opted to go with offensive tackle four and bet on the wide receiver depth later in this draft class. They pick again at 48. So, Joe, as we look forward to, to subplots and storylines moving forward from here, what stands out to you? Well, I mean, the like you mentioned, the offensive tackles came off the board, all of them by number 11, and the receivers started to come off the board, but there's still one left, Henry Ruggs, and uh, I'm sure that uh, the next teams on the, board, on the order here will definitely be in the market to get a dynamic playmaker like Ruggs, who I think is my, maybe the best receiver in the draft. That's it for us today. Looking forward to what promises to be a very fun slate of picks that's coming your way tomorrow. Okay, just a little taste there of the Locked On NFL Mock Draft special, the Niners pick at number 13. Go check that out and come back here tomorrow. We will get into the Locked On 49ers Draft Week mailbag. We have Winky Wednesday coming up, and the draft is coming very quickly. At BD Peacock on Twitter, and I will answer your questions tomorrow, right here, Locked On 49ers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 